0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 140 of the Whiskey & Watches podcast. That's a nice round number. It is. Three-digit round number. I'm impressed. You guys are very impressed. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tough tough crowd on 140. All right. I'll be more impressed if we hit 150. That's true. We got 10 weeks. Like, what is that? What does that put us in? Like, mid-February? No. Mid-March? Yeah. Mid-March-ish? Yeah. Coming out of winter?
1: Maybe. not
2: really anyway. a concept to me these days. Divisible
1: by it's 14. True. Everyone loves
0: that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Well, we got some fun stuff to talk about tonight and some not so fun stuff to talk about tonight. Well, maybe. It just, just it depends on your opinion. Um, but why don't we start with what's in the glass and what's on the wrist? Spangler, what have you got for us?
2: <laughs> in the glass is one of my newer favorite rise that i've picked up it's the sagamore spirits double oaked rye uh just keeps getting better and better so if you're all fans of rise looking to try something new definitely check out sagamore uh on the wrist is the sub fitting for the episode tonight i thought
0: yes yes which people will probably already know because uh We want the clickbait, so that title is like that title's probably given some of it away. (laughs) Yes, pump those numbers, (laughs) Buzzman.
1: Okay, well let's start on the wrist. I've got the Super Sea Wolf uh, from Zodiac on the wrist once more. uh, Thanks again to Mike Pearson, uh, both for for sending uh, these watches for review and then for coming on the the podcast. It was a blast to talk to them Uh, last week. It was a really fun episode, certainly fun to uh, record. And I I think everyone will like, like it. Um, Then in my glass going, going big, Bigelow, yeah, uh, Earl Grey decaffeinated tea. Uh, it's, it's hand-picked black tea blended with real oil of bergamot from Calabria, Italy. I mean, who who doesn't love that? That's exactly what the little, little packet told <laughs> me. And uh, Can't beat that. No. I Can't, can't beat it. What, what else is very cool is the Bigelow family says on the back that they hope that their tea delights me which is pretty important. Um, gluten-free, too. So,
0: Well, there you go. And, I mean, is is Deuce still their president? I can't remember.
1: Oh, uh, Italy. Nah.
0: <laughs>
1: I couldn't <laughs> no, tell you.
0: No, no, come on, man. <laughs> Spangler might have got that joke. Deuce Bigelow,
2: American, oh.
0: you, know, you know what.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I get you. Slow tonight. Part of the ethical tea partnership too, which, you know, that's pretty cool, I suppose.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, could we take a little segue real quick since we do that quite a bit? Um, because I don't know where we're going to work it in later, but, um, one of the nice things about having a podcast and talking to folks like Mike is you get to know things maybe a few days ahead of time, um, which is fun. And, um, the the release that they dropped today, that's I guess exclusively available in the U.S. on Hodinkee's website, w- but but it's not a Hodinkee limited edition. So let's let's like I think that in my book might be a slight po- a slight positive that it's not doesn't say Hodinkee anywhere on it. I don't think. Can we talk about that new Pan Am GMT that they did? Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was kind of surprised by it because, you know, obviously we had known for a little bit that it was coming out and, you know, we didn't know exactly know when it was, or maybe we did. I didn't. Um, And I saw it came out today and, you know, it was one of those things like, oh, wow, I I bet it's going to be sold out almost immediately. And I go on, I'm like, wow, it's still available. You know, not really seeing that it's not a limited edition yet at that point. And then after a couple of, you know, Instagram scrolls, Google searches, I find that it's a non-limited edition, which is kind of weird um, for
0: Hodinki. I thought it was. Do they just no. have access to the first hundred?
2: I, I thought they I it, thought it did not mention on Hodinki's Instagram post that it was a limited edition, nor me, on Mike's post.
0: Let me go to Zodiac's website though, because I could have swore when we talked to him yes last week. See, that's I
2: was under the impression too, which I I may be wrong, but I mean just based Uh, on the stuff that I saw uh,
1: on the internet. Yeah, Hodenki's story says uh, it's a limited edition of uh,
0: 182, which was about what I remembered. Yes, yes, and that makes more sense. And. Kind of an in- and I think, I think, interesting promotional package here,
1: too. Uh, there's like a uh, a course route, uh looks like a cloth map with the different time yes. zones. That's that's pretty fun. Uh, a Pan Am patch with,
0: uh, with the zones. Do you see the strap, though? What? Look at the NATO strap that comes with it.
2: It's a fun little uh, Easter egg that hid in the strap.
0: It is. This is one that you're probably not cutting the bottom keeper off of.
1: Oh, that is slick.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The like, it, it's not flashy, but it's there, and that's cool. Um, on the bottom, on that second, on that extra keeper piece, it says it has the Pan Am logo, which is pretty slick.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is sharp.
0: It's a really good cut. Co- like, it's a really good blue, um, and I like that. So Spangler, the do you have the GMT that you have in uh, handy, the world timer?
2: I, I do. I do not have it on me, but I've been wearing it a, a good bunch, so I've
0: got. No, I mean, is it like within memory. reach? Is it within reach? No. Oh, it's not within reach. Darn it! No, I'm I was going to say
2: outside location tonight.
0: Okay. What I was, what I like that they did on this one, and, and I mean, you've been wearing the GMT, so maybe you can tell me, if, or the world timer. So there, it does have the world time bezel, but mm-hmm. inside there is a twenty-four hour track as well. And I like that. Is that is that the same on the one that you've got? So yeah,
2: mine does have a twenty four hour track. It's okay. got a gray. Um, okay. Underline that's to a, it.
0: That's a so nice I, touch because you can use like the GMT hand is helpful, but then you can also do the math on set. Like I feel like that way the way to do that complication is incredibly useful. So yeah, no, I um, I think it
2: looks good too. And the one thing that I didn't appreciate originally from. You know, seeing the original images was the uh, the Pan Am embossed logo mm, on it, taking up the full aspect of it, which yeah. is you know it's it's there, it's kind of you know in your face, but it's really not in your face at the same yeah. time, which I can yeah. appreciate.
0: It's a, it's a really slick watch. I'm a big yep. fan. Um, and I, think, on, yeah, it's... I think what they said the first hundred or uh, the hundred in the states are Hodinky, and then he said the other eighty two are going to be kind of released worldwide. That's pretty cool. Which, you know, makes uh-huh. sense for, for a Pan Am LE. Yeah, you would hope. It's which four is, four which is wild because... Yeah,
2: I think it's wild because I'm on Hodinkee's website right now. And, uh, you know, just from my quick scroll, it does not say in the title that it's a limited edition, which I feel like you'd want to put that in the title. Because I feel you like limited edition watches sell.
0: Yes, yeah, you would think. But I think the thing here is that it's not a... Like, it's a Zodiac LE, but it's not a Hodinkee LE. Now, I mean... NoDinky probably wants these to sell out ASAP anyway, but like you're right, I'm it's a weird lack of 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 a mention there because like, like you exclusive. said. I, yeah. yeah, I mean I I figured that this was going to be gone pretty quickly. Um my yeah. guess is it's probably not going to be here by Friday. <laughs> um but we're recording this on Tuesday and it dropped this morning like I if you like it I would I would say move move quickly yeah because um, it's a it's a pretty sick watch for just under eighteen hundred bucks um, yeah looks really good so um, I mean it, yeah it, little segue there it
1: could use a Singapore uh, dial
0: it could or bezel it absolutely <laughs> could uh, and we, the funny thing is is we do know somebody who just picked one of those up which is hilarious yes but um, which makes me think that that person who was considering. This watch might not be getting this watch then. I could be wrong, but I I don't know that you need a Singapore and a Singapore watch. Uh yeah. <laughs> but you, know, you never know. Anyway. So speaking of uh of new watch new watches, um I'll go ahead and dive into my wrist check. Um I'm wearing a new watch. Um and you know, after we had Everett and Christian on and he and we were talking, I was like, you know, you're only making 50 of the Joey Harrington. Um, I liked the design. I couldn't 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 pass it up, like couldn't risk like waiting to get the uh, the demo model and then buy. So I just ordered one. Um, I kind of I kind of preordered it a little bit. I was like, look, let's like I'm just going to buy one. So like just just send it to me and, and, and bill me. And they did. And, um, I gotta say the, the 11 Atmos from Foster, it's, it's damn good in person. Um, the green, like it, it's, it's dark at some angles, it's light at others. It, it really, really works. Um, but the thing that keeps that I keep, like, I keep wanting to pick this up and it's, it's problematic because like, I'll put this on and then I'll have the Zodiac in the office, the ceramic Zodiac. And like, I'll, I'll change watches two or three times a day just to like wear the different ones. Um, but it's the black it's the black um, steel bezel like to me there's just something about the look of the black bezel with the green dial and the um, and just the way they did the case that it just it pops and I know that they they've talked about this and they've done the bezel for you but like I'm gonna do it again because the thing that I'm most crisp. impressed about is yes it is very crisp it is unique with 48 clicks um but the thing that is most impressive to me is that it's consistent in both directions. And I have tried on other bi-directional non-friction bezels um, that aren't as consistent going the non-dive watch way. So I got to give them credit. This, the, the bezel's fantastic. Um, yeah, wears really thin. And it's funny because like I had this next to my SPB earlier today. And this watch technically is 39 millimeters. The SPB is 40 millimeters. The SPB looks has a, it has a larger dial aperture, but a shorter lug to lug. So like they wear very similar, but very different at the same time. Like I think from a real estate perspective, this one probably wears a little bit bigger, but from like a dial aperture and like wrist presence perspective, it's a little smaller. It's just, it's weird how it all kind of fits together. Um, and I have to say, uh, brushed jubilees didn't know how much i was gonna like it um more watches should come up i'm with you spangler more watches should come on jubilees but more jubilees should be fully brushed i'm gonna go with that
2: as long as it's jubilee it's okay in my book
0: yeah and then the last and i don't remember whether or not we talked about this but the way the case and the end link meet it like there's this curve on the case and I like I get what Everett was talking about when he said, you know, I want you, I wanted we wanted it to feel like it was a watch that you went into Montgomery Ward in the '70s or '60s and picked up, and it definitely has this like the way the case has like this curvature to it. It I think it it's meant to evoke like a stamped metal case, not a milled metal case. It is obviously a milled metal case, but. Like it's got these curves on it that just throw light, even though it's fully brushed out, and it it works. It works in person. Like I'm I'm a huge fan. I keep grabbing it. It's Tuesday and I didn't wear my speedy. And you know we all know how much I love my speedy. Like that. Like I grabbed this this morning. I was like I haven't worn it in like four days. I need to wear it again. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely absolutely loving it. Um, I do I do just think though we need to get Joey Harrington a Joey Harrington, and that would be very hilarious. Um, I don't know if we can make that happen or not, but anyway, and then in the glass, um, went out, got some more bullet rye, made a bullet rye Manhattan with some of the lesser ingredients that I have around just because they're on a little bit of a Manhattan kick and, um, I'm almost out of method and I don't like, I didn't want to buy better rye And I don't want to make a Manhattan with method if I don't have better rye than bolt. Like, it's a whole thing. So it's it's Martini and Rossi. It's Angus bitters. It does have one Luxardo cherry in it, though. Um, Shout out to our boy Sandy, who is discovering the magic of Luxardo cherries as we speak, hopefully, um, over in Scotland. Uh, I saw his post. He's like, oh, what should you do? Somebody said a Chivas Manhattan, and I'm, I agree with that, but I think Rob Roy. at least over here we call that a Rob Roy. That's right. So, yeah, um, um, yeah I'm, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's had plenty of, uh, of different types of drinks to go with those Luxardos. Um, I, yeah. I really favor
1: the uh, Chivas for, for Rob Roy uh, making. I find that
0: to be a delightful choice. But I'm probably going to try that because I'm almost out of Founders Reserve. And I haven't had Chivas in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, Founders Reserve, Glenlivet Founders Reserve does make a really good Rob Roy, which obviously finished in American oak barrels. You would expect it to, right? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I, I, I still need to get the old uh, whiskey and watches group by Yuletide uh, Method Vermouth group by uh, going. That, that's on my to do list. So, well, we'll have
0: it just in time. And not yet, but they're coming. <laughs> you guys can't see this, but there will be something it's coming. A Ooh. It's a tease. It's a tease. We didn't order that many of them, but uh, there's a few of them. Maybe we'll order more. I don't know. If people react positively to them, maybe we'll order more. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we ordered we ordered something. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could have – what we could have done – is invested our ad money in something like a website or, you know, a trip to go to like wind up New York or something like that. But instead we ordered shit. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> because, because we are enthusiasts, not experts, nor are we journalists. Um, but don't tell certain watch bands that
1: <laughs> we're, we're doing the real thing and spending all this
0: money <laughs> before they change. Yeah, exactly. Mind. Exactly. That's <laughs> what it's there for. Exactly. Um, so now that we've spent sixteen minutes on a wrist check drink check and an aside with a with a with with a, a pseudo new watch edition review. those are rookie numbers and typing a new release those, those are rookie numbers up. we could have gone at least twenty minutes, um, although I feel like Schmidt's probably already turned us off. so um, at this point uh, we should talk a couple of new releases before we get into f- uh, fresh fast forum finds. Um, There's one more new release that we want to talk about, and that is the new uh, Fratello Oris, the new Diver 65 that is um, essentially a modern reinterpretation of a vintage Oris star, which I think is pretty slick.
1: Agreed. Um, One of my favorite things is, it's very minor, but when done, when uh, people take care with the uh, fonts, it it's yes. really great effect, and uh, the the throwback font that they have on here is fantastic. I mean, it's it's what elevates like um, the the Doxa three hundred, the fiftieth anniversary editions from from the uh, just typical production ones. And um, yeah, I, I can't uh, overstate how important that is, um, b- both on that, that sub, uh, 300, but also on,
0: on this, uh, fratellorus. The date window as well. The trapezoidal date window. I know some people don't like date windows at all. And some people probably would have preferred this without a date window. But when you look at it next to, uh, Thomas's original that they used as kind of the inspiration, his original like 1960s or a star, um, it makes perfect sense. Um, and in the, in the article, or the, I think there was a video that they released that uh, RJ was wearing this and talking about it. Um, and they said that um, some of his collector friends, as he was wearing it around one of the demo, one of the like like first pieces, they're like, wait, is, what is that? Is that a vintage watch? And he's like, if you're going for a vintage reinterpretation and other watch nerds are asking you, hey, what is that? Is that a vintage diving or a star? You've done it right. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty nice, uh, nice achievement there. And you know what, um,
1: big, big shout out for, for sticking with the, uh, the kind of more base, uh, automatic caliber there. Uh, I really think that that's, that's thoughtful of Fratello. It's a good rationale of like what, you know, the caliber hundred's way better, but, let's give more people a shot at at buying this thing especially when you release something around christmas hanukkah all of that good stuff people this is an expensive month expensive couple of months uh it's spending season and uh things that cost four figures are typically kind of hard to to sneak in yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unless you're some single dude or girl, and um, yeah, I, I thought that that was very thoughtful. This thing looks sweet on Tropic.
0: Oh yeah, and when it comes with both, yep. it comes with a leather two stitch and a Tropic, uh, which is great. And I, th- I think, and we've talked about this a little bit too. I know they put they've put the Caliber 400 in some Diver 65 limited editions. But the the first serial production piece they put it in, in the Diver 65 lineup, had the 12-hour bezel. You know, just something a little bit different, maybe, you know, vintage aesthetics, but a little bit more modern. I kind of, I, I get why Fratello did this. To me, I think Diver 65, vintage skin diver, like, throwing the Salita based movement in there makes a ton of sense. It, like, it keeps it kind of true to the, like, workhorse, 100-meter diver type thing, like, that was popular in the 60s. Like, that movement in that watch does not bother me at all. In, in fact, like the, the higher tech movement to me almost seems a little out of place in, uh, in a Diver 65.
2: I don't know. You take a look at the uh, limited edition that Houdinki did um, with the original, and I guess not original, but vintage font on there, which is, you know, chef's kiss. Um, it looks really good with the see-through uh, case back, seeing the, the Cal 400
1: on that guy. Well, true. It it does. And um, it's also cool to have the clear case back because it's not like it needs any shielding um, for magnetism or anything. Um, So you can just not that typical stainless steel does a whole bunch, but it does. It's got to do something. But you can just slap some sapphire on there and give it give it a look over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, it's, Go ahead.
2: I don't know if it's certainly or flexing their. I guess. I don't even know how you how would you describe it flexing their um. Their proverbial, might, but it's it's a good it's a good um, reissue to say the least. And if you're going for what you're going for with this watch, it, they did it right. And so mm-hmm. I have to say you, you did steal a. Steal what I was going to say with the, the trapezoid date window. I think more vintage reissues should be doing that.
0: Well, I mean, if it, if it had it on the original, you should absolutely be doing it on the reissue. Um, the only thing, and, and this is just me being a bracelet boy, like if I if I were to ever get this watch, the first thing I would be doing is ordering a bracelet for that Diver sixty five because we've ha- we had that Chrono on this on the Diver sixty five, and that that bracelet with the aggressive taper is just. To me, like, it screams vintage skin diver. And I would want this watch not only on the Tropic. The leather's fine. Like, I I, I don't want to say, like, I have an issue with leather on a diver. But, like, to me, I'm less of a leather strap person just because I don't wear them as much. There's fewer months out of the year where it, it is practical to wear leather down here. Um, so, like, rubber, the strap to me, or, or rubber and a bracelet would be, like, perfect. So, I get... Maybe why they didn't do the bracelet, but like I feel like because they because they did the forty millimeter case, getting the steel bracelet to go on that I think should be absolutely no problem. Yeah, agreed. So
2: would it would it fit?
0: Yeah, it's a forty. It's a standard forty millimeter um, diver sixty five case. I don't see why it wouldn't, right? Uh, I, I don't know, know. if this. Is Maybe leader. I need to ask. Maybe I need to ask some people in the know. But like that, like that would be the first thing I would ask. Is hey, it's 40 millimeter. It looks like our sta- it looks like your standard case. Can I put the bracelet on it? And the answer should be yes. Um, I can ask. I mean, we, we know some people. <laughs> you you are the expert about out.
2: swabbing bracelets between Oris models. So
0: yeah, we might be able to. There's one that of us out. I would have know. <laughs> yeah. I just need to make sure that they make it in the right metal. <laughs> you know, it took them a while to make the the, the one in bronze. So I uh, actually was wearing that watch earlier today too. Um, yeah, that's a. Looks great. It's a fun one. Anyway, so we've got a the couple of the new releases out of the way. Uh, should we dive right into Fresh forum Finds? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Spangler, Spangler, what have you got?
2: Um, so the one that I found this week is not only listed on eBay, it's also listed on the Laurier uh, Facebook group page. Um, and also has been listed on the Red Bar Cincinnati page, uh, but it's a Laurier worn and wound limited edition, um, maybe or may not be sold by yours truly. Um, uh, <laughs> priced very reasonably um, at four hundred and fifty dollars, which you know, full box and papers has not been worn that much. It's a pretty pretty good deal, in my opinion. You know,
0: seller and that is the guy. silver dial dual crown, correct? That is the silver dial
2: Hydra dual crown. Limited edition for Warner Wounds, 10th anniversary. Um, it's a great watch. I feel like I one recommend. of us
0: on this podcast could give you a pretty solid uh, seller review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I, I, uh, Plenty of
1: I, I love uh, the service. at. Uh, he, he's not authorized for many things, but I, I've authorized Spangler as uh, my dealer. <laughs> um, you know, not not any watch company or anything. He's not an AD for those guys, but uh, I authorize you to be a watch dealer for me. So, yeah, I, I had a great, great uh, experience buying from uh, Spangler. So 10 of 10 would transact again.
2: <laughs> it's the holiday season, everybody.
1: That's right. All right. Is that
0: uh Buzzy, what have you got?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh mine I have two because we're gonna if we're gonna be shameless and uh self-promoting here. If anyone is <laughs> if anyone is interested well, in a uh my doxa three hundred T, I am considering selling it for uh, let's say thirteen hundred bucks. It is uh I'm the second owner. It's it's in good good enough shape. I mean, it's in wearer condition, right? That that class has uh, scratches and stuff like that. I can always send pictures. Uh, hit me up. At direct message me. We'll we'll get it figured out. Anyway, second, you know, the the real forum find here. Nothing but big things. Okay, we're drinking bigelow tea and we are Bringing big watches with big value right now. I've braved the wilds of watch you seek to find the Omega slash Omega Planet Ocean the uh, 2200.51.00 dot five one dot zero zero because they have stupid reference numbers. Yeah, so this is the uh, 45 millimeter black bezel, um, the the big uh, first gen Planet Ocean, was recently uh, serviced from Omega last year. Uh, Seller will include the service invoice, (laughs) full kit, got boxes, papers, three cards. You've always wanted three cards. Hang tag? That's important. A tag that you can hang. Yeah, better than just a tag that sits sits on the uh, on the ground or something. Two brand new spare links, still in packaging, mind you. I've never seen that before. And uh, all of this fun, all of this like fifteen millimeter thick, forty five millimeter, um. 600 meter depth rating or whatever the hell it is because it's got the 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 valve that you can release all the helium you've ever wanted <laughs> or just all the helium in the watch 2550 two thousand five hundred and fifty dollars no trades please uh, and it is uh, shipped so <laughs> they, they're not even gonna try to uh, try to get you for shipping honestly um <laughs> it's in really gorgeous shape. Um, I I I think it's just from what I see, uh, pretty pretty damn clean. Uh, about as good as it would get for something that's that age and that has presumably uh, been worn a bit. Um, yeah, you know, obviously it's got the the giant milled. Uh, omega class and you see some marks but i mean that's that's to be expected looks like it's in great shape i you know especially if you're not feeling bold if you wanted one of these but but the uh, orange bezels a step too far if you're content to live uh with just the the orange 12 9 and 6 you know kind of not as flashy.
0: Jeremy Clarkson style. Exactly.
1: Not not as not as flashy. Uh yeah, you know, just your run of the mill uh forty-five millimeter watch. Yeah, this this one you should should check out. The seller has two re- reviews <laughs> uh on on their forum. But uh he's posted like 3,000 things on uh, on watch you seek created 620 discussions that's pretty dope so um, yeah I would I would check it out
0: nice well I don't know if you guys know this about me but um, I like bezels that are bi-directional Oh, yeah. watch I'm wearing, I've got a Seiko turnograph, I've got a Seiko 5 GMT, all bidirectional bezels. There is another watch that I may have also talked about on the show plenty of times that has a bidirectional bezel. Fluted, this one. Um, and, ooh, if you're a little bit larger wrist, this one might not work, because this one only fits a 7-inch wrist. I don't think it comes with any extra links. But... Count me out. I have from... Um, and I think this is the same seller. This is on Reddit, but I know he's on Instagram at AP Watches. Um, he's on Watch Exchange at Full Television 8757. Um, this is a 2004 Rolex Turnograph with uh, rose gold Jubilee bracelet and rose gold bidirectional bezel with a white dial. With of course that gorgeous red seconds hand and uh, red turnograph right on on the dial. This could be yours for um, where's it at? 8150 bank wire only shipped. Whoa. Yes, that mm-hmm. is a two-tone rose gold. Now I don't believe there's box and papers. Service history is unknown, but it is running well. It was serviced by this store that has it. Um, Yeah, like eighty-one fifty for a two-tone turnograph. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, man, like that's that's really good.
1: I mean, just really good. Just think how how super jubilant you would be. having a, a super jubilee bracelet <laughs> on your wrist we've
0: we've we've talked about this that like that is the right way to have that watch very much um, so this this same seller has a couple of non-two-tone even more affordable super jubilee versions of that watch he also has a blue dial old school thunderbird with the the non-fluted bezel but like you know the like yeah, like I think from two thousand and one, blue dial, steel bracelet. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, just, just really. I think that one's like sixty five hundred. Like, uh, this guy, like Ch- Chancellor, always keeps sending us this guy's stuff, and it's always a turnograph, And I'm always like, hey, Chancellor, stop talking to me. Um, <laughs> it makes me eval- It makes me want to reevaluate my collection uh, whenever I see those because they're really good. Um, but I digest. Um, digest, huh? <laughs> Bobby bottle service. (laughs) There you go. Nice. I'm just sprinkling in the references here. Like, Buzzy, you're just, you're just, you're like three seconds behind on some of these. I guess so. (laughs) Gosh. Tonight. Usually you're down for this. Like, I felt like I was right in your wheelhouse (laughs) on both deuce and I digest, but I digest.
1: Oh, man. I need to stop taking work so seriously and dedicate myself to what's really
0: important. This podcast. Anyway. Uh, So now that we're, geez, I don't even know if we're at the halfway point yet. We probably are. Should be. Um, We should talk a big move that a very large brand made. However, before we start talking about certified pre-owned things, we should talk about something that you probably shouldn't buy pre-owned. You should just use our discount code and buy it brand new um, (laughs) from our friends at Manscaped because pre-owned is weird. Yeah, like I mean, I guess you like I guess if you bought bought it pre-owned and then got the replacement head for the lawnmower 4.0, like maybe that would be okay. But I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like you should go. You should go definitely brand new if you're if you're going to be buying anything from our friends at Manscaped um, this holiday season. Um, whether you're You know, one of the many, many male listeners that I believe we have, um, I've looked at, it's been a while since I've looked at the demographics, but I can't imagine that we're generating like a ton of female listenership. Um, I think it was hovering around eight to 9%, which is pretty solid for a whiskey and watches related podcast. Um, so I would say, you know, dudes, if you want to continue to stay trim, um, keep keeping, keeping those jingle bells jingly, I guess, I don't know, (laughs) however you want to say it. Um, keeping them fresh with the uh, crop preserver. Um, you know, it is also, you know, I will say this. Um, it is Christmas card season. So um, make sure there's no stray nose hairs in those shots. Like you never know what the photographer is going to capture, like keep <laughs> use that weed whacker and keep those nose hairs up. Remember we talked about the line of demarcation and I was lucky enough that I was taking the boys to go see my barber Um, because they had pretty wild hair. And then when I was there, um, I had gotten a haircut like two weeks ago, so I was good, but I was like, I was like, what do you think of the beard? For He goes, if you're getting pictures taken, he's like, I, I, I've got some concerns. Like, that was how Guido put it. He's like, I've got some concerns. And he's like, it's less about this and more But he goes, your, your mustache is too thick. I gotta thin that out. And then he like shaved in a line here. I, he, he, took, he spent like three and a half minutes on me in the chair and he's like, you're fine now. But he's like, I've, he goes, if you're getting pictures taken later this week, I have some concerns. <laughs> so after, after, after my second one's haircut, he cleaned me up a little bit in the the beard department but trim those nose hairs we don't want any like the line of demarcation between the mustache and the nose hair needs to be met so anyway keep your packages all wrapped up nicely in uh boxer beast 2.0 oh yeah i got plenty of puns wow bring it yeah bring in that <laughs> hey p- appreciate that and you know what's funny they send us notes i don't read them <laughs> <laughs> they send us notes for ad reads I don't ever read them, but I feel like we're doing okay. I do too. I feel like we're doing <laughs> way
1: better with this than I would have ever and they dreamed. They keep asking us to keep saying this, so
0: <laughs> so the people whatever, come we're, whatever we're saying works.
1: And more importantly, but, they, they keep giving us money because, I mean, I like saying stuff, but I like getting money. They do.
0: A very, very, very adequate amount Yes, <laughs> for, 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 a, for the amount of effort that we put in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's commensurate um, it, with our 17 listeners and the effort that we put in um, on a weekly ish basis. All
1: jokes aside, the products are fantastic.
0: They I really I love are. that
1: lawnmower, it's freaking brilliant. And um, yeah, if this interests you, head to Manscaped, promo code BuzzCut. For twenty percent off and free shipping. That's right. That's correct. Buzz cut,
0: twenty percent. Let them know we sent you. I'd say. I'd say, ladies, if you're listening, give your man this gift because it benefits everybody. But there's like six of you, so.
1: <laughs> and you may have already bought them. Who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah. If you haven't considered um, it. Yeah, you know. They got plenty of plenty of different different packages. You know, there's there's different variations of of you can, like, there's box sets, so there's some that, that come with the lawnmower, the weed whacker, and, and some, some boxer briefs. There's some that come with other more close-cutting tools, you know. Most of them do include, like I said, my favorite product still is the, is the uh, crop preserver. There's, there's nothing that, that, that touches that. Nothing. My favorite product, because regardless of your situation, it's useful. That's all I'll say. Absolutely. And, and what's that? What's that promo code one more time? Us cut. 20% off and reshipping. Let them know we sent you. All right. <laughs> um, so I don't want to belabor this point because we have, we actually have some fun stuff to talk about um, after this, but The brand that is has made mention that they are not in the business of selling watches, meaning that they they don't want to be in a retail space. So all of the like Rolex boutiques are actually like I don't say like franchises, but they're owned by another jewelry chain. um, Is entering the CPO market now? You can. I know it's kind of been. I know it's been awkward. For, for folks who are Rolex ADs to sell used Rolexes, but they do. Like, let's be real, most of them do. Most of them have pretty big pre-owned programs. Um, I listened to what Schmidt and Bro were talking about earlier this week, and I, I don't want to kind of repeat some of the points, but like, to me, this almost seems like a way of Rolex really leaning in hard with their larger corporate sponsors or not sponsors, but like corporate partners. And like, I don't want to say like turning their back on some of their more local authorized dealers. But like, I'm kind of with Schmidty on some of this. Like, I feel like this is a way of them like quiet quitting their, uh, their AD. Like, like, I know AP went, Hey, we're going boutique only. Like, Rolex doesn't have boutiques like other brands do. Like They do, but like they're owned by other partners. To me, this is their way of being like, they, we all know that they want control. They, they don't like the gray market. They don't like any of these numbers. To me, this doesn't even seem like this is a cash grab because I don't think with any of this that Rolex is going to necessarily be the ones who profit from it it's going to be the folks who run the cpo programs and can sell these watches for pre- these used watches or in a way it's 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 them blessing their ad's to sell pre-owned rolexes which they all probably already do anyway but more with Rolex's blessing and i it just it's a weird it's a weird vibe for me
2: yeah you know i I've thought a little bit about this, and I I agree with you, Spence. It is definitely a way of Rolex telling their IDs, hey, you know, we kind of knew you guys already did this to begin with, but we're just making it allowable, you know, quote-unquote, at this point. Um, But I think if you look at it in the bigger sphere of things, I think, you know, Rolex really hasn't commented that much on the second hand market and I think this is their way of saying like hey we're acknowledging what is going on granted it's not really doing anything because you know this kind of I guess secondary ad buying has been in place for a while now just now with a stamp of approval from Rolex um but I think honestly you know the thing that I kind of think about this is that it's you know maybe Rolex saying that hey you know we we acknowledge the secondary market, but we also see that it's kind of going downhill and I wouldn't really say downhill, but it has certainly waned at least in the past year. Um, and in my mind, this could kind of be a way of Rolex saying, Hey, we can see that our secondary market's going downhill. We kind of want to get people involved buying from our ADs versus gray markets as prices continue to decline. Um, which, you know, could obviously not be true, but I mean, the way I see it, it's certainly a way of Rolex, or certainly Rolex trying to keep customers in the fold all the while acknowledging the secondary market as well.
0: You know, you, you may have a, an interesting point there in that it if the majority of the ADs who are already selling this Selling pre-owned Rolexes have a way to, I mean, we all know, we all know that they take in watches on trade, you know, especially desirable models. Um, and I know it always kind of been kind of a, an interesting thing for them. It's like, Oh, I, I bought this two years ago. I like this new one. Will you take my old one? In? And it's like, well, I can, I can't like it. This, to your point, this this is a way for them to say yes confidently. Yep, I can take that in. I can get you in the new model. Like, in a weird way, like, we know the used car market has gone nuts recently with COVID and all the supply chain issues and things like that. I can't remember whether we talked about this on air or not, but we always had, like, I'd always kind of thought that the way for Rolex to kind of... If they didn't like what was going on in the gray market, there's a very easy way to do it. If there's demand for your product such that it's selling for two times your MSRP, you make more more of it. It's a supply and demand thing. If you want to, if you want to squash the gray market, if these guys are putting, are buying watches at more than retail from people who bought them and then selling them for even more and making money off it and you don't like that, very simple, easy way to do it. Flood the market. Now, you have to make sure that you don't flood it to the point that your ADs are selling them at a discount again, or you know what I mean? Like a moderate discount, which was the case up until things got absolutely nuts. Not a large discount, but it like there was, there was some room. There was always some room, not a lot, but some maybe enough to avoid sales tax. Right. But like, yeah, like just a little offset. So you could do that. And I, I find the CPO program getting started and, let, let's be real. It's only available to a couple of retailers right now, some of the big ones. It'll eventually filter down. But, but the thing that I think got some press but didn't get a lot of press is that Rolex made some land acquisitions near its headquarters and is working on a plan to build another factory. So if you combine building another factory with a certified pre-owned program available through the AD network for the, AD, for the ADs who want to sign up, Is this them positioning themselves in a way to say, we don't like what's going on on the gray market. We want our ADs to be like, if you want to buy a, now there's always going to be a market for vintage, harder to find Rolexes. Like not very many, not, not all of them survive. Like we get that. Like there's always going to be that market. I don't think any watch brand has an issue with somebody being like, oh, I want a 1961 Submariner that is like, like you know, we can talk to our buddy at more watches, you know, all the time about the different models that were rare, that were transitional. He's way more knowledgeable about that. Um, and than we are, but like, there are always going to be people who want that. And brands kind of love, like, I think lean into that with the history. Like they will like verify service, leave in original conditions, do what they can to help folks who have those, what are now rare watches, because not many exist anymore. Um, but I feel like, I feel like they're trying to set this so it's like if you want to buy a watch, you go to their store and, and hopefully they can meet consumer demand at some point, give or take a little bit. But if you don't want to buy a new one, you want to buy a discontinued model, not a vintage, but a discontinued model or something else. There's a chance that your local Rolex AD is going to have something that has now been blessed. Like they can take that in. They can service it. They can certify that it's a Rolex model. It's not a fake. You're not buying it like sight unseen from the internet, like. To me, the combination of CPO and potentially building another factory, which I know is going to take a while to scale, it's interesting. It's interesting from a what-this-means-long-term type of scenario, plus the economy doing what it's doing and the prices correcting. um, That's not lost on anybody here either.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they are uh, controlled by a a trust, right? They're not uh, a public company. So they can play the long game if if they feel it uh, is in their best interest. And you're right, the ability to uh, be able to build more new ones and then to have some influence on uh, the secondary market. Just it it seems like uh, they're setting themselves up to um, just moderate um what the secondary market's been doing. You know, they they probably think that a certain point gets a little it's just a little ridiculous, right?
2: I think also too it's I I feel like ADs can get a little bit pompous when it comes to the fact that they're like, hey, we sell Rolex. And you know it's great that Rolex for the time being is purchasing land, looking to upscale their, you know, factories, all that kind of stuff. But for right now, it's, it's almost like you have the idea of like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go buy a watch. You go into the AD, the AD is like, Oh, well, you know, we don't have the watch that you want, but Hey, guess what? We have this pre-owned program and we can say the same watch that you want brand new except used, but it's going to be even more than the used the new watch that you already want, which that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: It it doesn't right now, but the same thing is happening in the car market, given the scarcity of like that is correcting a little bit more, too. But like, I think what's going to eventually happen is it'll be more like kind of what you would expect. Like you come in and I I don't think this is going to take very long because you're already seeing some of the more desirable models from a market perspective you know, when we, when, like, I can remember when we thought, like, okay, a Daytona, you know, $13,000 retail, very expensive watch. $20,000, $25,000 for a white dial, $22,000 for a black dial seemed insane. Those things both <laughs> cleared 35. I know some of them got north of 40. I don't remember exactly, and I don't want people to at me. So, like, they both got north of 35. I know some of them are back down below 26. So that's a pretty big Delta, if you will, in the last six months, you start to get those closer. And if you put that watch in a case or a sub in a case at 15 to 16 or a GMT master at 17 or 18 in a case and the retail price over there, my guess is probably like very close proximity to the the new case. Like you ask, okay, how long is it going to take me to get one at that price? And there are going to be people who still pay the use the CPO price. That's ridiculous. There's going to be a lot of people like three to six months. Okay. Yeah. Put me down. Like I'll, I'll wait three to six months to to save eight grand. And eventually what'll happen is those market prices that have already corrected. If the economy stays where it is for a little bit, if, if things start to normalize a little more and if Rolex can find a way to increase production long term, those things will start to normalize and nobody will like other than for instant gratification. What you'll see is most people will wait for the new one, at a lower price and that'll knock the other prices down. So there'll be a weird, there'll be a weird correction. Some people will probably lose some money on watches they brought in for trade for about a year or two. But then after that all washes through, I feel like it'll be more of a normal. That's a $9,000 watch pre-owned. It's an $8,500 watch over here, but it's a legit one. Like I think eventually we'll get to kind of how it used to be pre 2017, 2018. Eventually it may take five years, but maybe. I don't yes. know. For the time and
2: being, it's going to be very weird. It
0: will be very weird. And I feel It'll like eventually there will be – and, and let's be real. Given the cratering and prices of all the more desirable models of all watch brands, I feel like there are going to be some some dealers who bought at the wrong t- – bought a lot of watches at the wrong time that are going to have some issues. <laughs> Potentially.
2: Cough, so dinky cough. I mean, well, not, not I'm
0: not going to get in there. You know. But I mean like <laughs> – there are going to be some some watch flippers or some watch dealers who have some inventory that they're going to take a bath on. Now, in fairness, they probably had two, three, four, five years of very, very wide margins. Yep. So it's just a matter of, of, of did you or did you not overextend? So I, I don't know. It just, it's just interesting. But yeah. We'll, we'll, more to come on all of this. It'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. But Spangler... The event that we met, that Buzzy and I met you at, what was that, 2018? In 2018? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, um, it, it happened again. It happened again. And it was sad that you weren't <laughs> there. It was really sad that you weren't there. But Buzzy I and I were I'm there. I'm sorry, Ken. We're talking Whiskey and Watches at Richter and Phillips last Thursday. Um, I had a blast. My wife came with me. Yes, I brought my wife to Whiskey and Watches. And she had a really good time. <laughs> No, she just say she had a really good time. Or no, did she did. Really oh no, she did. She okay. absolutely did. <laughs> okay, uh, I felt bad. We didn't like we had such a good time talking with with Buzz. With we met our bu- our buddy Strap Habit. Yeah, um, who came down from Buzz. Columbus. Um, so he was hanging out. We, we, we you know we saw Kid Wizzle there. Um, just a bunch of other buddies from the Red Bar Cincy group. Obviously Blake the Enabler since you watched doc, like just like a couple of buddies of mine that I, that I've known for a little while who uh, went to high school with, um, the, uh, the son of the owner who I think, I think Eric's also a part owner as well. Like, you know, the, 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 family that owns Richter and Phillips, just, just good to see all those folks again. Um, and then my buddy, Justin from, uh, from Omega, which, you know, I've told that story. If you, if you haven't heard that story, go back and listen to one of our very first episodes about the white dial Seamaster. Um, it's a pretty cool story. Um, so he was there. I was giving him a really hard time, a really hard time about the bronze gold um, Seamaster 300 that I absolutely love. Um, because it comes on a leather strap. And it either needs a rubber option, and we've looked in the catalog, and there's not a 21-millimeter rubber option. And he turns to me, and he's like, dude, just put it on a NATO. And I was like, dude, just make a NATO with bronze gold hardware. And he's like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it's got to match, man. I'm not putting a steel, I'm not putting steel hardware on that watch. I'm not buying a bronze gold watch to put mismatching hardware on it. And he's like, yeah, no, I wouldn't either. (laughs) So, um, we got to hang out. It was fun. Rachel and I both wore our tutors that we have. So, you know, when we went over to talk to Scotty over at tutor, that was a lot of fun. Um, good guy there. Um, and they, they actually like, it was nice. They, they've had stuff in stock and I'd seen the rumor and it is confirmed. And he like straight up told me, he goes, you can, you can talk about this all you want. He's like, I am here to confirm. You can take the bracelet from the, um, the Ranger and it fits on the, uh, Black Bay 58. Some people will probably just do the clasp swap. Like, cause that, that would work too. But like you can absolutely put that micro adjust clasp from the ranger on the black Bay 58. So you probably didn't hear it here first because I think I saw that on Instagram somewhere, <laughs> but, uh, Scotty confirmed it. So, you know, they have the FXD in stock. Uh, not, not last Thursday, but I was down there a couple of weeks prior to that or about might've been a month prior to that, whenever it was, Whenever I was down there for the Hamilton event, they had one in stock. So like it they sold it. My guess is they'll probably get another one in stock at some point. Um So like that that was like they actually had a Ranger in stock and somebody bought it that night. Yeah. Um so like yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Buzzman, um, you you and I, we we hung out for a bit, but then we kind of separated and flipped around. What was what was what was your kind of highlight of the night?
1: All right, so highlights. Um it's hilarious how that event seemed to go really quickly um because you just you're you're running into uh people that you haven't seen in a while shooting the breeze and um honestly my my watch fondling time was was not as much as I thought it was gonna be toward toward the beginning of the night i I typically stick to um yeah, you know, ha- having a beverage and catching up with people because you know, if I'm not going to make a purchase, I want to make sure that the people that are are getting all the attention they possibly can at the counters, right? It's uh, it's only toward the end um they uh, swoop in and, and look at some things. Um, big. Uh, it was we did a lot of hands-on with the Brightlings. Those were very, uh, very sharp. I, I really, that, uh, that chronomat, the chronomat GMT. Oh yeah. Sweet. Um,
0: the new chronomat, what you're right. It was
1: the blue, the blue dial uh, is where it's at. Yeah. Um, the anthracite is nice. I still like the
0: anthracite. I like the anthracite a little bit better, maybe just a little bit better. Um, but uh can we all remember the one Rachel tried on? <laughs> <laughs> yes we can. The the out, the outer known one that had the blue tabs with the diamond bezel um that she absolutely loved. That was the fun thing, was like I actually told her, I was like, look, if you're coming, you're gonna try on watches. So yes, we had a really good time at the Brightling. Like, of all the things, like she liked more from the Brightling boutique or the Brightling area than anything else. And it was the Outer Known and it was the um uh the green uh navitimer yeah the green dial like the green panda Navitimer, which was a really good watch um in person yeah brightly liked- like it was great to try on all those thi- like all the new stuff from like the, the new chronomat that GMT super thin with a dive bezel that that that's my jam it's a good one i liked
1: the bronze uh, super ocean that one was good that was slick um uh, the the clasp—it's got uh, a super, uh, super cool um, clasp on the rubber. Very, very impressed with that. Um, one thing that was a little bit of a bummer on those Super Oceans, though—I was not uh, a fan of the bezel action. Felt uh, Felt a little loose to
0: me. A little vague. You know. I didn't try the bezel. I did like. I tried the blue one on on the bracelet, and I really liked. I really liked how it wore. Um, the Navitimer was great. Um, yeah, I just that Rouleau bracelet on the uh, the Chronomat has stuck with me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know what other watch I was really kind of surprised at how much I liked because it was a, a really weird. Like we all know about the Seiko speed timer, the solar chronograph, like how awesome that watch is the 38 millimeter chrono that they've like it. it and it does the cool thing when you reset the, the, the chrono seconds hand, it does the like, kind of like, you know how when you like move a G shock around, like the hands on like the Casio, like they, they do that like digital sweep around. Yeah. The sure. Seiko does. And the Arnie does that too. It, it, this one does that when you reset it, it goes all the way back around to 12. It's really cool. But they had the limited edition that had like the ice blue dial and the PVD like anthracite coated center links. Yes, and that watch was really cool. And like I I saw the renders, that I was like, oh, it's cool. But like, oh man, that ice blue dial—if they didn't do the PVD center links, would have been fire. Um, Even with the PVD center links, I liked it way more than I thought. Like, and that was the first time I tried on one of those solar speed timers. It's got—it's got a lot of heft to it. And for like seven hundred and fifty bucks, like that is a that is a great looking watch. Like it wears really well, really well built. Like I like that one. That one has stuck with me quite a bit.
1: The um, another one that was fun and funky. And I don't know. there was must have been something in the room because I know that you you weren't uh, the only person oogling it that night. That Hamilton PSR, I uh, there. Oh. I feel like yeah. you you buy one of those. You just figure out, you know, I, a green or a uh, or red, uh, th- you know, dot matrix display. You know which which one's gonna gonna be better for me. And you, you pop there them on. Might be another color and,
0: coming out next year. What now? There's another color coming out next year. Sick.
1: You just pop one of yeah. those on, <laughs> and um, you're back in the 70s but in the future as viewed in the 70s you're like blasting Cylons out of the sky in the original Battlestar Galactica um yeah it's it is a vibe as the kids would say and (laughs) they are damn cool like
0: yeah. somebody we know literally snagged the green one as I was trying it on. Yes. Now I wasn't going to buy the green one. If I was going to buy one, it's going to be the red one, the red steel a la Roger Moore, um, the classic. you know, yes. the classic. And I still feel like that watch still might happen in the not too distant future because it almost happened that night. Um, until I yeah, got the distracted. On those. Yeah. Until I got They're distracted by the right? Marine master that was in the discount case. Yeah. Um, there's and then things happened and we ended up having we ended up leaving not like leaving early but like when they kicked us all out like i didn't pull the trigger but i managed to pull the trigger on that psr the the red one um but now we know two people in red bar somebody has the black and red somebody has the silver or the steel and green and it's like well i would be scared
1: to have that thing in in any sort of a coated steel because there's so much real estate on there to get scratched up um,
0: yeah I think you gotta stick with stainless well so I feel like but the only thing I'll say about that is I feel like that there's a couple of those watches that I'm now starting to think like the black PVD could look really cool in like 5 to 10 years if you beat the crap out of it mm. and I, th- I think I think that one could be one of them like the black, like maybe not the watch head, but the bracelet and the bracelet's got a really nice taper. It's a really good bracelet. Um, that one. And I know RMP doesn't carry this one, but I would love to see the, uh, the citizen auto, like the, the fully loomed dial, the diver that they came out with. It's kind of like the tag, but it's all black PVD and it's a, it's a fully loomed. Like, I would love to see that. I like, honestly, for a few hundred bucks, that one, that one's on the short list too. Um, but like, anyway, I, I think the the craziest thing I tried on, I did make Rachel try on a Constellation and she was a huge fan of the 34 millimeter. Um, tried on the Ultra Deep again because the Ultra Deep, whenever you get a chance to try on that watch in titanium, do it because it's it messes with your head because it's huge and it's light and it's fun. Um, but in one of the, they had a, full gold um, Sky Dweller. Yeah. Gold with a black dial. And I tried that bad boy on and holy cow was that heavy.
2: (laughs) It's a weapon.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, Just absolutely massive. That one one was cool. But uh, it was on sale for still an insane amount of money. (laughs) But... It was a good time. I I just I I love events like that. I that was the 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 one thing that I did buy there was from our boy Zach at Cincy Strap Co. I got the uh, the red leather um, Epsom leather strap for my El Primero that looks absolutely killer killer on that watch. So now I've got the best part about that is now I've got a red, a blue, and a gray strap that all work on that watch, and that's all the colors you need for that watch. Yeah. But you do backpack need backpack. all of them. You need all of them, though. So, Gotta, gotta catch no, them all. It was You gotta catch them all. I, I just... I think... What?
1: One, Go ahead. One thing that I, I tried on uh, that was pretty slick is I finally got to see a uh, Tudor Royale in person. Yes! Royale? Yes! Not with cheese, though. With, uh, the ones that I saw were with 41 millimeters, so... That's not the size I would go with, but it's really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Especially considering the price point, um, I like the way they did their clasp. It's kind of hidden, but it's got the fold over. It's got that ceramic ball bearing goodness that we all know and love um, mm-hmm. from from the Tudor clasp. Um, so kudos to them because obviously, uh, big brother Rolex is going to make them be different than, um, than, than the, the Jubilee, right. Different link shapes, different, you know, it wouldn't be like a fully hidden class, but they, they used that, uh, design constraint that I am certain they had, um, to do something really functional and cool. So good work. Um, the 41 just seems like a little bit too much dial for me, but man, I think a 38 would be, would be really slick.
0: It was, uh, I think my favorite moment of that night was, uh, so we're standing there and and you were there too. I don't know if you heard Rachel ask him this, but our, our buddy more watches more watches came over from Indy with a couple of his friends and we're, we're looking at some of the Omegas and, and he's talking to Rachel and um, like, so she, like, I kind of explained, like so you're going to get to meet him and you're going to, you get to talk a little bit about like, I, she asked him at one point, like, do you find yourself like buying similar watches, which <laughs> for him, <laughs> like, She's like she she's he's like he's like ask me that again and he goes Mike hey come here come here like Spence come here listen listen to your wife ask me this question and it was do you find yourself buying the same watch over and over again or like similar watches and and he's like he's like did you I was like I told her enough but like he goes she's he's like yeah I've got I'm not gonna say the exact number because I don't want to out him but let's just say Steve's got (laughs) a (laughs) type. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and when he went into some of the specifics, I could see like, I could see Rachel's like, she's like, wait, what? And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, no, he really does. He's not lying. He has that many of that watch different variants, of course, <laughs> but <laughs> Steve's got a <to> type, <laughs> which was, which was hilarious. Um, so no, it just, it was, it, it's just, it's like, I, I just come back to like, w- we've talked about this plenty of times on the show. Events like that just are so cool. And the thing that I love that they do is for as many brands as they can, they get a brand rep in. So Justin from Omega was there. Scotty from Tudor was there. Um, I don't know where Shannon from Hamilton was because uh, there must have been some travel issues because when I saw him like about a month ago, he said he was coming back. And he wasn't there, which makes me think. Like, I I hope every. Like, I hope he wasn't sick or something. Or if he is sick, I hope he's better because he's a ton of fun. I've I've hung out with him a couple of times at a couple of the events that they've hosted with Hamilton. Um, They had somebody from Breitling. They had somebody from Seiko covering Seiko and Grand Seiko. Like, they just they they do it right. There's a like it's it's a ton of fun. You get to hang out with the folks from the store. You get to hang out with the brand reps. Like, they're all knowledgeable. They all know their stuff. It's it's probably one of the like as a watch nerd, it's one of the best nights of the year. Um, and the fact that I brought my wife and she had a good time tells you that it's, it's just a, it's just a, like there's, there's just a buzz. There's a, I mean, there's obviously a, a charitable aspect to it too with the dragonfly foundation here in Cincinnati. Like there's just, there's a lot of good things going on and it's right at the start of the kind of like the holiday shopping season. There's just, it's a, it's a good, it's a good buzz. It's a good event. It's a ton of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, if if, there, if you're listening to us and there's something similar in your area, like, just go. I mean, we, hell, hell, we met Spangler there. Yeah. Like, without this event, like, there's a reason we titled the podcast Whiskey and Watch. It's like, without this event, this show wouldn't exist. So, like. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. So, what uh,
1: you're saying is your opinion of the value of such event is going to depend on
0: whether you like the podcast or not. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. It's episode 140. And unless this is your first episode listening to us, which if it is, thank you. Yes. But if it's not, like, <laughs> let, let me put it this way. My guess is you know of these events in your area if you're listening to us and you've gone. If you haven't, go. Just go. Me and Buzzy went the one year and we've been all the better for it. Absolutely. <laughs> We met. We met this guy in the on, on my screen in the bottom third with a mustache. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I
1: didn't know it, but uh, do do? Uh, he he became uh, an authorized dealer to me
0: because I authorized
1: <laughs> m- money to him to for him to deal me his <laughs> Black Bay fifty eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I am I, the
2: gray market. What can I say? All right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 can't, I can't speak highly enough about events like that that are so much fun, you know. Part of me is biased because, obviously, Richter puts on a great show. We know those folks. We enjoy dealing with them. But, um, yeah, can't speak highly enough about it. So go to Red Bars, go to watch meetups, go, uh, go to your events at your local AD. You will not be disappointed if you're a watch nerd. And on that note, I think we'll catch you all next week. See ya.